With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. The third pick in this year's draft goes to the Philadelphia 76ers. The second pick will be made by the Los Angeles Lakers. And that means that the number one pick in the 2015 NBA draft goes to the Minnesota Timberwolves. It has happened before. Now, they've never moved up before. <laughs> they've never moved up. But they have been there at the end of the night when the franchise hinged on it. I don't think the franchise hinges on them getting the number one overall pick tonight. But like the, could very, you imagine? the very existence of the franchise? No, that's I don't think that's in the balance. No, I think it did with Towns. Honestly, like if they would have wound up, was who was the who was the other guy again? Uh, Okafor. Yeah, Jaleel Okafor. Yeah, who was the guy that flipped initially for most of that year? Actually favored. Yeah, if they would have wound Towns up with, came here. That's what he said publicly, anyways, and well, and behind the scenes, and yeah, any I think chance he, he told our friend. Daring that a few times. But he landed on the right decision. Yes, actually. yes, he did. So Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North, and Roy Smalley is going to join us. We'll talk some twins and ask him if uh, if if we should cut the brakes like Rami has been <laughs> tweeting. But let me ask you guys this. With the draft lottery tonight in just a few hours, and we are going to have a live special edition of Raised by Wolves taking you all the way through the draft lottery. Whether the Wolves stand pat or whether they get the number one overall pick, we're going to be reacting live to it. Right here on Score North. We said earlier today, if they get the number one pick, we just stay on until Levitard goes on the air tomorrow Until Purple morning, Daily. Right? Until, until, until Purple Daily. Daily? Yeah. Okay, whatever. We just go. Whatever. You whatever guys are going to smell do. great by that time. <laughs> As if we smell great now. Yeah. <laughs> My nose is fine at this point. Um, I, I don't think we've really, like, we've been so focused on who's the next coach. Is it going to be Ryan Saunders? What can, what can you do to revive Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns? Have you guys put any thought into what the franchise would be like if they just got lucky one time? If they if remember the Cavs had a 1.2 or 1.5% chance yeah. at the number 1 pick when they landed Wiggins so and saying, then they traded Wiggins to the Wolves. So you're saying tonight if they just got lucky. If they just like if they do the unthink, it's not even in our minds that they would get lucky yep. and and their 3% chance would hit. What would the franchise be like if... Jones, bodied up by Vassell, leaves it for Zion. Cutting through traffic! And a rim runner that flushes home for two! If Zion Williamson or Jay Morant, if they just... Let's say they jumped into the top two. We don't even need number one pick. Just jump into the top two. I'm going to allow our colleague who does not have a lifetime of knowledge about how this goes tonight, jump in here. Because I feel that he has more of a chance from the outside. You're too, you're too to, uh, scarred. Too gun shy. Oh yeah, I'll even consider this. I'll just like, kill the you, bit. You're even I'll like kill you're the holding bit. your hands I'll close kill, to your face. Right I'll now. kill the bit. He, really, he, literally, he lo- literally looks scared right now. He literally <laughs> looks like he is in fear of something. What are you in fear of? What's in, the worst that could happen? In 1992, they had the worst record in the NBA. There was a young man from LSU coming out, a big kid. His name was Shaquille O'Neal, okay? Mm -hmm. This is the Towns thing. They had the worst record. They had that pick. They fell back and didn't get it, and Orlando did. So it's very hard for me. So I turn turn it to you, Rami Mm McLeod, to address what Phil just asked because I am incapable of feeling. Let's dream for a moment. First of all, I said it yesterday here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. I said it earlier today on Raised by Wolves with Danny Cunningham, and I'll say it again here today. I got a gut feeling... 
obviously, I got nothing to go on because it's a random draft lottery, or, or at least so we think. I got nothing to go on factually or, or, or analytically or, or any sort of analysis to say that they'll move up, but I just got a gut feeling that the Wolves are moving up in tonight's draft. Wow. Tune in at 7, score wow. north, any score north mobile app to see if indeed that does happen, as we'll have a watch along right here with you. Should that happen? If they end up... If they end up with one of the top two picks and end up with Zion Williamson or Morant, that speeds things up dramatically in terms of when we can expect this Wolves team to get back into relevance. Because we've talked about the lack of assets, at least to our relatively uneducated eyes compared to Garrison Rosas and people who have the the full spectrum of, of what they're dealing with when you open up the books, to our relatively untrained eyes, they don't have a lot of assets to make this team relevant again in the Carl Anthony Towns era. And when I say assets, I mean money under the salary cap. I mean players you can trade to bring other guys in or lottery type of draft picks that you can use to get franchise changing talent. If they somehow luck into a top four pick, and especially if it's a top two pick and you're looking at Zion Williamson or John Morant, I think that it considerably speeds up the timeline for when the Wolves can be relevant again. It's just, but it's not part of our consciousness. Where are the heartstrings right to, there? To, to judge Come on! <laughs> oh, sorry. He just had him in the top two! Look <laughs> at that. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm... So I'm I'm on Rami's side here, obviously, if if it happens... <laughs> well, yeah, no, can, I'm on his side, too, if it happens. You're, you're off to the races. Um even if it doesn't happen, I do trust Gerson Rosas to make a better pick with whatever pick they have than they've been making for the most part the last 15 years. All right. They're in good hands either way. I'll play ball. All right. Let's say Hold they on. get a top two pick. <laughs> now, I'm not assuring this, but I'm just saying I'm, I'm playing ball. Okay. I love when Judd plays ball. How much does this affect if you're uh, Gerson Rosas, your head coach hire, if they get the top pick? So now you've got Cat. And you've got Zion, let's say. How much, if at all, does this impact who you hire to be your head coach? My first thought was, well, you don't know who you're drafting, but then like you do know who you're drafting. Yeah, let's just you say do. it's Zion. Yeah, the draft is in late June. But you you know that you would be drafting one of Zion number one and Morant would be number two, right? I don't think it changes really at all who your coach would be because your your most important connection is Carl Anthony Towns with whoever your coach is. And that's why Ryan Saunders I know they're opening up, and we can talk more about this uh, as the show goes out, too, but they are opening up for a coaching search, according to Adrian Wojnarowski earlier today. It doesn't mean that Ryan Saunders is on the outs or that he's not going to get the job. In fact, I think it's more, how do we, va- we we like Ryan Saunders. He brings a lot of good things to the table. He has a great connection with the current players on the roster, and he thinks analytically. He comes from a great family of Flip Saunders and Bloodlines, right? But how do you, you should interview Jawan Howard just to make sure. But whether it's Jawan Howard or Ryan Saunders or any other candidate out there, priority number one is Carl Anthony Towns. You build this team around Carl Anthony Towns. Even if you have Zion Williamson, Zion Williamson's going to come in. He's 19 years old. Carl Anthony Towns emerging into his prime. You build this team around Carl Anthony Towns. Now, I'm not saying that Zion Williamson won't be a better player in two or three years, but no. I, I don't think it impacts a whole lot who your coach is. Cat is the centerpiece. Cat is the turkey on the Thanksgiving table. And that's not to say that Zion Williamson can't be an awesome side dish. Like, I love mac and cheese on Thanksgiving. If, if Zion Williamson is mac and cheese, that's not a, that's not a disservice or an insult. You put to mac him and cheese above whatsoever. That's pretty heavy right mac there. Mac and cheese Rami. is my number one side dish on Thanksgiving. Well, okay. I feel like that's tying up a lot of room right there. I mean, trust me, Judd. The, the table is full on Thanksgiving. There isn't a side dish. What that, would Robert Covington be? <laughs> he would be. Probably stuffing. Yeah, yeah, I think he qualifies as stuffing. Jeff Teague? Oh, Jeff Teague is like, I don't know. Green beans? Parsley? Parsley. And Andrew Wiggins is that weird colored jello. Oh, no one's, <laughs> eating, no one's eating that. He's the cranberry sauce out of the can. No one's eating it. Yeah. No, no, no. I'll pass that. I'll pass the rolls instead. <laughs> By the way, I have no idea what people do with cranberry sauce on Thanksgiving. No clue. What? I don't know. I don't even know what you do with cranberry sauce on Thanksgiving. Put on your turkey. That doesn't seem. That's not what I know. I just eat it. I eat it on its own. I don't need to. I'm not. I'm not putting it with. The we turkey. just stopped really? putting cranberry sauce on the Thanksgiving table about 
10 years ago because nobody cause nobody knew what to do with it. Did, did nobody you, did, in my did family you guys knew make what to a do conscious decision together? Or did did you just No, just, just one thing fa- if just phased out. One thing cuz we like we make a menu every year at my parents' house of what we're going to make for Thanksgiving and I don't know about 10 years ago one of us was like do we really need cran like nobody ever eats the cranberry sauce. We don't even know what to do with it. And I was like, yeah, no, we can we can nix that. I like cranberry sauce. Do you like it, Phil? I used to hate it, but now I pretty much look at me. I'll eat anything. Who am I kidding? Your Elvis period. If it's in front of me. Have a, have a, have a boo Christmas. Let me ask another lottery-related question to you guys. Oh, yeah, if okay. the Wolves won the lottery tonight. I forgot we were talking lottery. I got carried away. Would it be the luckiest thing to happen in Minnesota sports history? Can you think of a luckier thing to happen I've in been Minnesota of, sports history? I've been thinking about this question. Can you define luck for me? Because I'm, I like, I'm thinking of things that might not be like like the, the the Minneapolis miracle was lucky. Okay, I think of that. That that's my that's my most recent number one. Oh my gosh, there's no way this doesn't happen to us, and it did. But there's I've been thinking back through this, you guys. There's not a lot here, like pure luck, like just like the wolves. As we just discussed, have never moved up. They've uh, they've stood pat once at number one, but they've never gone up. The wild lottery system again. I don't believe they've ever had like luck where you'd be like, "That's a phenomenal move." I'm trying to think of games like the the Twins landed Johan Santana in the Rule Five draft. Okay, and so that's I, the I question: consider... is how far how far do you define luck versus astute like the. Thielen being, you know, given a tryout and then he catches on. Yeah. Or Diggs being taken in the fifth round. Is that luck or is that astute judgment? Yeah, it's, or? A, it's a different type of luck. Like you're you're taking a shot when you when you draft Johan Santana in the rule five, you're not thinking, Oh my God, can you believe this? This Cy Young Award guy is just sitting out there and nobody knows he's sitting there. It's the rule five drafter. Holy crap. Adam Thielen's available. Like they thought, oh, we can bring this guy in for a rookie minicamp and see if he makes it to training camp as a body, right? So it's it's different type of luck, right? Um, at the, now, go with me on this because obviously this is a much there's a much different perception about this now than than when it happened. But when Andrew Wiggins was traded for Kevin Love to the Minnesota Timberwolves, that was viewed as a franchise altering stroke of luck. All the things that had to happen, and now obviously it hasn't panned out as much as we thought. And maybe Gerson Rosas can get something out of him. We'll see, but. Think about the things that had to happen for you to land Andrew Wiggins at the time. To get that spot. Remove the name Andrew Wiggins from it. To, to get to, to get the value. To, to get, get the, that right. Exactly. Yep. So to get, let's just say, uh, valuable, what's that thing called in uh, Endgame again? The glove with the things on the it? Gauntlet. Infinity Gauntlet. The, the Infinity, Infinity Gauntlet, Gauntlet yeah. which we thought was Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turns out it was had far fewer... <laughs> what would you call it now? Colored diamond things in it. Infinity Stones? Infinity Stones, yeah. He doesn't have all five Infinity Stones, is no. what I'm saying. <laughs> No. Six. <laughs> There's nothing I can six. say. Okay. There's Phil, nothing I can say that's going to be very nice. Phil is new to the MCU. Stay patient, yeah, everyone. Yeah. I've seen a few of them. Yeah, we get there. Okay. So, not only did LeBron James have to lose to the Spurs in the NBA Finals as a member of the Heat, if he wins, if he wins a third championship in a row, he probably stays for another year to try and do the four peat that Kobe never did, that Magic Johnson never did, and that Michael Jordan never did. Right? He probably stays with Miami. To win a fourth championship, right. if they beat the the Spurs, so so thing number one, LeBron had to lose in the finals. Thing number two, the Cavs. Well, thing number two is Kevin Love had to be disgruntled and want to be traded. You had to screw up his contract. So some of it's luck, some of it's just bad management and bad interpersonal communication between the Timberwolves and Kevin Love. But the Cavs had a one point five percent chance to land the number one overall pick, the asset that you were coveting, right? And LeBron had to want to go back to Cleveland, and you had to then have an asset that was valuable enough to trade for the Infinity Gauntlet. Right. Right? Yeah. Did they get that right? Yes. Which was Andrew Wiggins. Well, the pick was the Infinity You thought you were getting the Infinity Gauntlet. Correct. You got like an old winter glove that, yeah. that <laughs> got run over. But and- think, about- <laughs> right. yeah. think about this. You just brought up a, a, a break that went our way. That now we would love not to have. Correct. But, the, but that's Minnesota sports. Like, I'm right. trying to think of things. Like, that should be a great player. That should be Cat. And, and the Cat thing, like, when the Wolves won the lottery, and there's that video, uh, I know that Score North sent out the video again, of Flip Saunders celebrating with Ryan and the organization when they landed that pick. Well, they were the worst team in the NBA, if I'm not mistaken. They had the best chances to get that yes. pick. Yes. 
now, it was only like a 22% chance, but you could say that the most celebrated lucky moment in franchise history was just stand pat. The thing that should happen is supposed to, ha- you know, that's yes. supposed to happen, happened. Absolutely. It's never been the step above, which is, God dang it. How about you? How about you get lucky enough to put Zion Williamson with Carl Anthony Towns? So go back to 92 and just imagine if they get Shaq and the path of this franchise then and yeah. the difference in this. Think People about, talk about Penny Hardaway and Shaq. That would have been the Pooh Richardson and Shaq era. Just as amazing. good. I'm sure just as good. <laughs> the Larry O'Brien trophy going down Nicollet and Shaq. Big old Shaq in the back of a convertible. He still would have wound up with the Lakers in 1996. Uh, yeah, of course yeah, he, he would have sure. eventually, yeah, but who cares? Up. We would have yeah. got four years. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the four years. I mean, who would Shaq's sidekick have been? Sam Mitchell? It would have been like Shaq and Sam I don't Mitchell. No, the whole the whole thing would have been so different. Who knows? You but, might have ended up with Penny. I mean, the and this is a perfect example of teams that really shouldn't have no business getting the number one pick. I don't know if you guys remember, but the year after Shaq, the only reason the Magic weren't in the playoffs was because of a tiebreaker. They were they were a tiebreaker away from making the playoffs, so they literally had the smallest chance you can possibly have of moving up and getting the number one pick. And sure enough, their their ping pong ball came up. And they drafted Penny Hardaway, and away they went. Just like the Knicks won in uh, the, the year Are that they froze guy? the envelope and Are got you con- Ewing. Oh, he is conspiracy. Oh, no, no. It's okay. just fun to talk about how it's rigged. But speaking of, and this is all from the an, an article at The Athletic today, <laughs> talking about the odds being better than, than they may look on paper. Yeah, And, I mean, they're not. Mathematically, they're not. Your odds are whatever they are. But they point out that of the last 20 lottery winners... Eight of them have had a nine percent chance of wor- or worse of winning the NBA draft lottery. The Bulls had a one point seven percent chance when they won it in two thousand and eight. That means a ninety eight point three percent possibility of missing out on future MVP and hometown kid Derrick Rose. In two thousand seven, three teams outside the top three, the Blazers, the Sonics, and the Hawks, all jumped into the top three spots in the draft despite the fact that they were not listed there to begin with. New Orleans, when they got Anthony Davis, they had a minuscule chance of getting it. And the Cavaliers have come up lucky three, four times now. When you go back yes. through LeBron James yes. and Kyrie Irving, and it's not that far out of the realm of possibility when you look at the recent history of the NBA draft lottery that the Wolves move up. Dumb question. Is the, is the system now the same as it was in the years that you just went through? Um, I believe hockey changed theirs to a certain degree at some point. I'm not sure exactly when they changed it, um, okay. but I, I believe it was within the last 20 years. So okay. I don't know that all of then I I would doubt that all of them fall within that time. Uh, the Timberwolves have uh, if you if you go beyond the number one overall pick odds, which is a three percent chance for them, it's a nine point nine. Let's call it a ten percent chance to get into the top three, and a fourteen percent chance to move up. So fourteen percent chance to move up, which is not that much lower than their chances to win the lottery a few years ago. It was twenty twenty two percent when they landed Carlin. That's the weird thing when you're at, when, under the previous system, and now I think it's it's fourteen is the top percent chance to win the lottery. The Knicks, the Cavs, and the uh, Phoenix Suns. So you can have before it was twenty two percent. You could have the best chance to win the lottery, and yet the rest of the options are still seventy eight percent against you. So you still have to get even though you'd have the best chances to win, you still have to get pretty lucky in the old system. Like everyone made it sound like, oh, you're tanking to get the number one. No, you're tanking to get a shot like a one in five yeah. chance at the number one overall pick. Right, right. So uh, we will have a special raised by wolves live lottery look in the seven o'clock hour tonight on Score North after Royce on baseball. And if you are a psychic, a clairvoyant, or a voodoo artist, and you want to come on the show sometime today. And you want to help us nudge the wolves in the direction of the number one overall pick? Six five one six four six eight two five five. You sent out the bat signal on Twitter. I did, today. and not no real takers. Somebody I'd love to hear psychic. On somebody this one. suggested little be the base god, who's a, a rapper who's cursed and lifted curses off numerous basketball teams in the NBA. If, if little B is listening, by all means, give us a call six five one six four six eight two five five. We'd love to hear from little B. If Ja Rule is listening, and you want somebody, to lift, lift somebody tweeted me and said that uh, Ja Rule cursed the Wolves via tweet. They can't move up. I responded to him and said, "I'm pretty sure that means they definitely move up." <laughs> if, if Ja Rule, ja Rule curse yeah, is a good thing, he loses every battle that he's ever been in. So I'm pretty sure the Wolves are very much in the good graces All of right. whatever gods determine the NBA draft lottery. Yeah. 
Uh, Roy Smalley from Fox Sports North joins us next to talk some twins. And we ask Roy when we come back here, what is the percent chance of the twins winning the World Series? We'll get Roy on here after we get done talking about Federated Insurance. Federated Mutual Insurance Company reminding us all to drive safe. There's some amazing statistics out there about uh, the causes of accidents and the causes of deaths on highways. In fact, how about this one? Speeding was a contributing factor in accidents that killed more than 10,000 people on U.S. highways just a couple years ago at last survey. That's 27% of traffic fatalities from 2016 and a 4% increase from the previous year. Speeding. Even the best drivers aren't above the laws of physics. It's pretty easy for us to think, ah, I'm just... uh it's going to go 10 miles over. I can 50 miles over. These people are going slow. Well, the faster you go, the greater the potential for loss of control over your vehicle, even on the perfect road in ideal conditions. So if we are all monitoring our speed and driving for environmental and traffic circumstances, we uh, stand a better chance of keeping everyone safe on the roads. Federated Insurance. It's our business to protect yours. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-news Score North on 1500 and the Score North mobile app available for Apple and Android. And joining us now, as he does every Tuesday at this time, former twin, now part of the Fox Sports North broadcast of Twins Baseball. Pleasure always to welcome in Roy Smalley. Roy, how are you this afternoon? I'm great, guys. How are you guys? We're doing well. Um, last night, it, it looked like Jose Barrios got got beat. Well, the shift got beat, I should say, a couple of times while Jose Barrios was on the mound. I look at that and I go, Jose Barrios should not be able to to get beat when he has a shift on in that way. I, I chalked it up to just pitch location and putting it somewhere that Albert Pujols could, could go the other way with it. Is that how you saw that one, Roy? He didn't have good command last night. I mean, he didn't have anything. He 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 really didn't. He couldn't command his fastball uh, like he's been doing. Uh, he left a, a lot of breaking balls, um, not uh, just awful hangers, but they just kind of stayed in the middle of the zone for a while. Trout got a couple base hits. Uh, Pujols uh, was uh, he made Pujols look silly uh, on uh, fastball curveball combinations earlier and. Uh, just left one where Pujols was as a kind of emergency hack and just rolled it through uh, where uh, to where nobody was. So that was unfortunate. Uh, he actually, I think, Brios battled pretty well for the lack of command that that uh, that, he, that he had, and and uh, just you know just didn't work out. But they got however many hits they got, twelve or fifteen hits. I yeah. mean, it's, it, it it wasn't a it wasn't a crisp outing. Cole Calhoun's bunt. Did you like that idea, Roy? And and that goes back to, I think, a discussion that we had probably going back to 2016 or so, which is if they're going to shift and they're going to give you that, should you take it? Do you like seeing players now take that opportunity? When I was uh, sitting there in the press box watching the game last night and he squared around and did that, I said out loud, good for him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and and on it, for a couple reasons. One... Take that hit. There's one out, runner on first. They're going to give you that much. Why Why wouldn't he? I mean, if he had a line drive single to right, everybody would go, man, that was, what a good hit that was. I mean, what's the difference? And he had. And what he did was he squared around. He didn't run to first base before the ball was down. He just said, I, I got to hit anywhere between third base bag and the pitcher, and I walked to first. And that's exactly what he did. He actually cut it a little too close. He didn't even need to hit it, uh, bunt it down the line as close as he did. But I think it's a great move. It, it set them up with one out, one out first and second. Um, I, I thought it was terrific. And, and what happens, generally speaking, it doesn't take very many times doing that where the shift starts going away or getting decidedly less pronounced. Yeah, unless unless you chalk it up to, well, I'd rather him have just a, a, a harmless single than extra base hits. But you can die a death by paper cuts, too, in baseball, too, Roy. I mean, the Twins basically did last night. I, I don't know. I just I just think if uh, if the if the single is automatic, yeah, Cole Calhoun can hit. He can hit uh, extra base hits. So he can hit the ball out of the ballpark. But uh, nobody would complain with a base hit there. And and uh, I I just thought it was I, I thought it was a really good move. Um. So just back to Albert Pujols for a second. I know I know Albie had uh, three hits last night. He dropped a pop up, and I'm wondering when that. When the St. Louis Cardinals decided a number of years ago, you know what, this is just too rich for our blood, uh, I think we all knew that the Angels had maybe a four- or five-year window, and they did not cash in. How would you feel if you now have to pay still, I think it's $41 million over the next two years, 
to Albert. I mean, you get some milestones along the way, but it's a testament to long-term contracts and uh, and and being aware, I guess, if you're a front office. Yeah, you know, it's um, it, it's it was a real gamble for your right for, for uh, the Angels, and the proof is you know is always. Uh, you know, a backward-looking deal. I think you're absolutely right. They had a they had a, a short window, uh, and uh, they went for it. And I th- I think the rationale probably is: look, we're going to amortize this. Yeah, we have to pay him for ten years, but it's it's like paying him double for five. And uh, you know, the last five, whatever he does, he you know he does. But we think we can win it here in the in the next five years of productivity, and that didn't happen. So um, you know, it, as it it turned out. It turned out badly for them. I don't think they would. I, I don't think they're happy with uh, now the production they're getting for um, you know what they're paying. Talking with Roy Smalley, former Twin, now part of the Fox Sports North broadcast of Twins Baseball here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. Roy, last week we were talking about this Twins team. I think it was Friday, and callers kept calling in and telling me to pump my brakes because I'm I'm declaring the AL Central in the name of the Minnesota Twins. And I told people, not only am I not pumping my brakes, Roy, I have cut the brakes. The brakes are cut. This thing is full speed ahead, and it's not stopping. And now every time the Twins lose a game, which they have three out of five times since I made that deck, Declaration. My Twitter timeline is full of, pe- full of people who are upset with me for cutting the brakes. Have you seen anything in this little stretch where they've struggled that's cause for long-term concern that this team is is regressing and 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 won't return to what we just saw last week? Well, let, let's start with this. What are they? Twenty-five and fifteen. I think they they've lost fifteen ball games so mm-hmm. far. They're going to lose another fifty-five. Right. So I mean, there's 55 losses coming. Everybody needs to understand that. You know, they're, they're, and that's that's just going to happen. You know, a minimum of 55 losses. I would, I would, uh, more. I would guess. So uh, there are going to be some streaks like like this. You know, what I've seen so far, I think, is enough to win the division. I think it's enough to weather the ups and downs that are that, you know going to happen. And um, it, you know, it's just not going to be. It's not going to be four or five home runs a game, and and every starting pitcher looks like you know light lights out. And by the way, now that you've cut the brakes, it's it's been really fun because you've been on this 106 mile an hour downhill uh, joyride. Uh, there are some curves coming up, and your stomach and your and your nerves are not going to like it as much uh, when you're going 106 miles an hour with no brakes around the around those curves. But I, I think you're. I think you're going to survive them. You just have, and get to get to the finish line. I just. I just think you. I, I just think you're going to have to. You know, understand that there's going to be some times when you go. Oh, maybe I wasn't right about this. It's coming. Believe me, it's coming. And they, they'll go through a streak where you go. Oh, this doesn't look good at all. Just white knuckle it a little bit. It's no big deal, right, Roy? <laughs> it's, it's just you're just going to have to white knuckle it. All of us are just going to have to white knuckle it a little bit. I think they'll be fine, but but I've got my brakes, Roy Smalley, very much in place. Shock, shocking. I've got my absor- I've got my shock absorbers in play. I've got my brakes in play. I it, it's a nice ride, you know. On, on a Sunday, it's gorgeous outside, but I'm going a little bit uh, slower than my colleague Rob. Judd, you're like the driver's ed teacher who sits there in the passenger seat. I've got like, the brake. the brakes the whole time. I've got the special brake, Roy. That's what I've got for Rami. I'm like, no, no, hit the brake. Hey Roy, tell tell me this. Um, with, with two games left with them in town, if fans go to games uh, over the next two days, Mike Trout, what should they look for? Because I mean, you you watch this guy play, and, and he's special. But I'd, I'd be curious to get your thoughts as a baseball guy when you watch him play, either uh, hit or in the outfield. Are there certain things that he does that that you enjoy seeing that just the normal standard player cannot or does not do? I love to watch him hit, and the reason I love to watch him hit is, you know, he's a big, strong guy, and he's got uh, good hitting mechanics. Uh, but he has he has adopted an approach uh, for himself that it basically says uh, it's kind of it's a little a la Kirby Puckett, where he says, he says "Look, I'm going to set up to hit fastballs to right center as far hard and as far as I can hit them, and if the ball moves, it, it, and so if I if I look in the it, down in the zone. He's a low ball hitter. He said, I'm going to look for the ball you know, from the waist down, anywhere on the plate. I'm going to hit the ball to right center. And if it's a little bit inside, you know, hopefully I'll get my bat to it and pull it, which, by the way, he does often. And if it's a curveball strike, he'll hit it nine miles to left field. And because he's decided that he just, 
he he's not going to give up a lot of pitches so that he can hit home runs on that on that inside pitch and he has the strength to hit the ball off and over the wall all you know all over the ballpark so and the thing that I really love about it is that he says I I'm not as good on balls up in the strike zone so I'm just going to take them I he doesn't swing at them and he he makes pitchers throw the ball down in the zone where he's good and then he's really good and last night was such a cool example because he's he's facing a guy that has been pitching really well who has really good stuff in in Burrell. so he's got a, a pretty good fastball and a, and a great curveball and he goes up there and and hits that bullet to he hits a fastball and hits a bullet to right field that uh, for a base hit then unfortunately Marvin Gonzalez misplayed you know into a three base uh, in a, a two more bases with the error but but so that was the fastball, the, and then you could tell he was looking breaking ball, or at least thinking right center enough to keep him on that really good breaking ball that Brios has, and he got two base hits on breaking balls. And I just, I, I, I obviously I love the talent, but I just, I, I love the fact that he's a professional hitter. He knows, he knows where he's good. He has the discipline to wait and get pitches there. He figures pitchers out and how he can best hit against them. Uh, I just I, I get a big kick out of it. Uh, Roy Smalley here. Last thing for you, since Rami has cut the brakes, mm-hmm. even though Judd is is pumping the brakes from the driver's head seat, <laughs> I think it's happening. Judd Hashtag it's happening. Judd was in the press box. Like, he was he was pumping the brakes at every other pitch. Rami and I were popping <laughs> champagne in the. Uh, <laughs> I was keeping score though in the lunchroom. Immaculate <laughs> scorecard last night. All right. What is the as you see it? I don't care about what like the fan graphs projections say. As as Roy Smalley, baseball man sees it percentage chance the twins win the world series this year <laughs> percentage chance give it give it to us is it is it greater than 0 is it 20 what is it oh uh, it's it, i'm gonna, i'm going to go with uh i'm going to go with 20 wow it's that's whoa. that's strong that's significant i i'm going to go with uh, i'm going to go with 20 just and that's probably 10, 10 points of emotion on my part, but it's not, it's, not, it's not zero. It's 10 points of emotion. It's like seven points alcoholic beverages. <laughs> Roy said it two weeks ago on this show, 87 all over again. He yep. sees similarities. Yep. I, well, you know, similarities uh, are those, those are fine. That do, similarities doesn't get it. That doesn't get it done. But um, you know, I just I, I I like the potential of what could happen. You never know, but it's so I'll I'll say twenty uh, percent because I do have some emotion and and you know. It, it, and 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 maybe some alcohol. Who knows? Right, but there really, in fairness, there really is no comparison. 1987 uh, and this year's Twins team. Imagine if that team had Williams Astadio. You wouldn't have needed seven games to beat the Cardinals. That's true. So <laughs> there is true. no comparison. Yeah, that's that. That's actually true. The Cardinals would have just rolled over yeah. when a lot Tortuga took the field. Yep. All right, Roy. Uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks a lot. See ya. All right, Roy Smalley, Fox Sports North, drinking Kool Aid. Roy Smalley, Kool Aid is good. Yeah, I like weather's Kool-Aid. warming up and the Kool Aid's mm-hmm. getting colder. It's flowing, sweet. Let Lots us know. Of sugar. Let us know when you want a glass, Judd. Oh uh, yeah, no, I'm fine right now. I'll pour you a glass. I know you anytime will. Anytime you want. I know you will. But you've got no brake fluid, and I'm worried about you already. Okay. <laughs> I don't need brake fluid. <laughs> and I like, was like Roy. I said was selling brake fluid last night. Like Roy just said, there there will be some there will be some curves in the road. There will be some potholes that we hit that are going to jar people. But don't don't let go of the wheel. Just. White knuckle it, grip it tight, and go for the ride. It's a fun ride, man. I'm telling you. It's a fun ride. I told Derek yesterday on the Twins show, when this thing really gets rolling, I'm just going to put a brick on the gas pedal and get in the back and party with the rest of you. Because right now i got to drive this thing. But at some point, brick on the gas pedal, and I just get in the back and enjoy it. Well, that's a good segue for two things. Thing Mm -hmm. number one, when we come back here, Madison Bumgarner has left the door open to come to Minnesota. And speaking of potholes, thing number two... Even if you're, you're welcome. Even if you're, you've cut the brakes, and you're now diving into the back of the car because you have a brick on the accelerator, and you're Rami, and the and, it, and the twins are going to win the World Series, and the Kool Aid's flowing. The problem is if you hit a pothole, that could lead to some major issues. And Luther Brookdale Toyota is here to help you with those major issues. Yay. Driving out of alignment can lead to bad tire wear and poor handling. Even if you are euphoric and drunk on Twins Kool Aid. 
Luther Brookdale Toyota has a full-time dedicated tire specialist on staff to make sure that your twins bandwagon is ready to drive safely on the roads this spring for those road trips like out to Los Angeles for the World Series in October or that road trip down to Houston for the American League Championship Series. How about maybe you're thinking about a new vehicle to put Minnesota flags on, twins flags. They've got great deals on 2019 Highlanders, Tundras, and Sienna. 0% interest for 60 months on all three. Find out more at LutherBrookdaleToyota.com or stop in on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. And he swings and drives the ball deep into left center field. That one is carrying, and that ball is out of here. Shohei Otani gets a hold of one. That is his first home run of the season. It's a two-run shot, and the Angels have a 3-2 lead. And that comes from last night. The Angels uh, beating the Twins, and Jose Barrios probably having his worst start of the season, gentlemen, um, as the Angels took advantage of that. I want to back up to uh, a report that surfaced from Ken Rosenthal, the Athletic and MLB Network, though, on Saturday that has me um, a little bit excited. Don't get excited too often. I'm excited about this because I think we have a, a as Collar calls it, developing situation. We need like a developing situation we sounder. We've and I said the, the same thing. We've got breaking news, but we need something that's like a little bit more And I feel like the explosion casual. the explosion's too much. Yeah. The explosion sound is not a developing situation. That's too much. Yeah, that's too much. Like right we there. need an urgent sound. I think CNN has a developing situation bed, if I'm not mistaken. It's like doo doo doo. Yeah, I've heard right. that thing before. Yeah. Could you do like Wolf do Blitzer again, gets you? all intense. <laughs> We have a developing situation here at the White House. Dooba dooba doo. I think we could pull that and actually use it. Just, just Phil saying dooba dooba doo. It sounds like Fred Flintstone, a developing situation here in Bedrock. Judd's <laughs> <laughs> got Madison Bumgarner tweets. So on Saturday, Rosenthal reported that the uh, Giants pitcher had submitted a list, and now this takes a little bit of explanation, but a a no-trade list that runs eight teams deep to the Giants. Those teams are Atlanta, Boston, the Cubs, Houston, Milwaukee, the Yankees, the Phillies, and Cardinals. And now people were all like, well, what? He's a great pitcher. He doesn't doesn't want to be traded to a contender? No, that's not the purpose. The purpose of those eight teams is basically it gives him leverage in trying to guess the eight teams that might try and trade for him so that he can get the Giants if they do agree to a trade with one of those eight teams to give him more compensation, okay? He doesn't name the Twins. Well, one, I think I think the Twins are an incredibly viable contender for him. Two, now the Giants have the option of calling the Twins or vice versa, and those teams working out a Bumgarner trade that wouldn't allow him then to go back to the Giants and say, give me compensation. Yeah. Long story short... I would not, and I'm serious about this, and I do not think it's pie in the sky by any means, I would not dismiss the Twins as an absolute contender to get involved in the talks for Madison Baumgartner. They should. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my latest pet peeve narrative that I continue to hear about Madison Baumgartner. He's not the same guy he was. Why would you want Madison Bummer? He's washed up. He's washed up. He's 29 years old. He still throws 92 miles an hour on average with his fastball. At his peak, it was 93, okay? Like, don't give me the washed-up crap. He was throwing 93 four years ago. He's throwing 91, 92 now. He's not throwing 87 miles an hour, all right? He has the last uh, three years here with the San Francisco Giants, and they've been mostly miserable as a team. They've gotten off their every-other-year World Series kick. I know that he's had some injury issues, but his ERA is the last three years. 3.32, 3.26, it's 4.04. He had a bit of a rough outing the other day, but his expected ERA this year is three and a half, okay? Is he the lights-out playoff savant that he was a few years ago? No, he's not. He's not the guy that went out and basically pitched every game of the World Series and won the World Series MVP. You don't need that. That's not. That's Just because you're not trading for that doesn't mean that Madison Bumgarner shouldn't be one of the most appealing options available right now. The Giants are a disaster. They're not going anywhere this season. He's a free agent in four months, and he has a chance, if he can pitch some meaningful games down the stretch, to boost his own value in free agency. Not to mention, I would even add this to the argument. He's never really made a whole lot of sense in San Francisco. 
He's a North Carolina guy. He's he's just kind of a hunting farm boy who like has never loved the spotlight and Remember he the rode big a city. horse around the warning track after they won the World yeah, Series. He wor- right. rode a horse around the warning track and was given <laughs> high fives to Giants Forgot fans. About that. Yes. He would like bring him in here for 4 months, put him up in a house 2 hours from downtown Minneapolis and he can get a ride back and forth. Go like, hunting like Favre did. Exactly. Yes. Go Just on his pheasants. pitching days, so you don't even have to come to Target Field Doesn't matter. when it's not your pitching day. Get your workout in on your farm. In, uh, where did Brock Lesnar live for a while? Alexandria? Get him Brock Lesnar's old farm. Yeah. He can, and, and then he can have a, a riot service land. come in. Is Brock not using it anymore? Is it? Brock actually hates people so much he moved to the middle of Canada somewhere. I relate. I can relate. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He moved like four hours into Canada, where there are, it's population two. It's, it's population him and his wife. Brock. <laughs> it's the population. Well, he's rich enough to do that as well, yes. so there's no problem. But like, you're not, you're not okay. You're not trading for the guy that shoved in the playoffs a few years ago. That's fine. He can slot in behind Jose Barrios, and now you got Bumgarner and Barrios in a playoff series. Okay, you're not and. You're right, Phil. You're not trading for that guy. But I think the important thing is, and, and this pitching staff desperately lacks this, you are you are trading for a guy, potentially, who understands what that takes. And to me, that's important. Like, right now, you've got Barrios, who's young, uh, Perez, who who has certainly been good so far, but he, he's not in a really experienced playoff guy, right? Kyle Gibson, same thing. Uh, Odo, same thing. So Bumgarner would come here, and he might not be the exact same guy, but I think what is important is he would slot in and understand exactly what it takes to be successful. Also, if there's if there's something to find with Madison Bumgarner to to unlock that he's lost in these last three years, where his production has dropped off, but as Phil just pointed out, still a pretty good pitcher, I trust Wes Johnson and the Twins to find it if I trust anybody to find it. And... There was a lot of the same talk going around about Justin Verlander when he went from the Tigers to the Astros. I don't know if people remember that. And they found something using their analytics and biomechanics and unlocked something with Justin Verlander and somehow regained his Cy Young form from his Tigers days. So even even if there were more of a drop-off than what we've seen from Madison Bumgarner, if Wes Johnson told Rocco Baldelli and Falvey and Levine, if they all sat in a room and watched a Madison Bumgarner start, and he said, you know what, I think I see something here. I think I can get him back into form. I trust Wes Johnson at this point because of what he's done with Perez, because of what he's done with Odorizzi. I even like some of what I've seen from Pineda. I know he's had some rough starts that drive the ERA up, but I see what they're doing with Pineda. And even Jose Barrios has taken another step, I think, in his development. I think you can chalk that up to Wes Johnson and and this new regime that we have here in Minnesota. We ignore last night. I, yeah. I, I trust this this organization to, to get Madison Bumgarner back to or close to back to that form that we saw a few years ago. I just pulled up Madison Bumgarner's playoff numbers. So this, oh, the, this is peak oh. 100% healthy and <laughs> and ready to rock Madison Bumgarner. Yes. I'm going to give you these numbers. The Twins really just need like three quarters of this. Just like 75% of this, okay? So he's pitched 102 career innings in the postseason. A 2.11 earned run average. And opponents are hitting... 201 with a 296 slugging percentage. Opposing hit. Now, this isn't just the bottom feeders in the divisions. Right. This is the best teams in the world at those moments that he's facing in October. And he's holding them to a 544 OPS. That's absurd. Look at his World Series stats. Yeah, the, the three games against Kansas City. Let's take those just by themselves for a second. He pitched three times against Kansas City in the 2014 World Series. Yeah. 21 innings, one run, one walk. One run and one walk wow. in 21 innings. So you're telling me, well, he's, he's just, he's not the same guy. Cool. Is he like two thirds of that guy? Because right. I'll take two thirds yeah. of that guy this October. Take that all day. Yes. He'll take that all day. Yes. No doubt. If they do get Madison Bumgarner, are you going to cut the brakes, Judd? Um, I might start to saw a little bit, <laughs> but I'm not going to allow them to fully go. Come on. By the way, why don't they play that at Target Field when the Twins win? 
That should be what goes through the PA system. At, as what soon, do they play? I they, don't even know. They play it for pregame still. Oh, yeah, big but time. But they don't play it for when, postgame. When they take, when they say, here are your Minnesota Twins, and they come out on the field, they play that. But what's the postgame song if they win? I forgot. So Prince, I was there I on Saturday. Don't, I don't even know. You know what? It, Let's was, go it crazy. is Prince. It's Prince. Let's go crazy. I which think. they play which I can't for home runs, though. With. Which they play for home runs, though. I can't take So it. let's replace it. Or maybe, no, maybe I'm thinking of home runs. I don't know what they play after a win. The Bumgarner trade talk. Tweet me. At Rami is tweeting, if you know. Has become so serious, so serious, that yesterday, on Unchained with Patrick Royce, it was broached and not dismissed. By pa- so By Patrick, Patrick Royce didn't dismiss it. He did not, which is which means that it's serious. Because you know, Pat, that's ah, never gonna happen. Don't what, talk about it. What's the what's the summary of his current stance on Bum? Because he usually like you and I have been doing this. Easy. You and I are the leaders in the in the entire market when it comes to reckless speculation. And he no Patrick up. hates when we do this. Like yes. a couple years ago, yes, we does. brought up hey. Chris Archer sitting out there, the Twins. His name has been floating around. The Twins are in contention. This is when they went and played the Yankees in the wild card game. Mm-hmm. Would you trade four years of Miguel Sano for four <laughs> years of Chris Archer? And we got it. We you know, and Patrick like every time he would see us in the hallway. You guys are idiots. It'll never <laughs> happen. It's got no chance of ha- why are you even talking? We are not here to discuss whether it will happen. We are here to discuss whether it should happen. Absolutely correct. And the twins should trade for Madison Bumgarner. Now, I'm I wouldn't glad get I'm not the only one he's calling an idiot. I thought it was personal <laughs> oh, no. for me. Okay, good. No, no, good, no, good, no good. it's not personal. <laughs> uh, so Royce, but what Royce said in summary was this. Because I said Sano. I don't trust him. I never will. I would trade him. Patrick said, okay, if you're going to do that, you get Mad Bum to agree to a two-year extension and trade him for Miguel Sano. Come on. Give me your thoughts. I think Rami's saying no. or he has How much said money? No. What kind of money are we talking about here? I think he said two. I want to say off the top of my head, and I might be wrong here, I want to say he said two-year extension at $50 million. But Patrick definitely joined in the waters of reckless speculation. Here's right the thing. I want to date Madison Bumgarner. I don't know if I want to marry Madison Bumgarner. But, like, the, I, but you're trading Sano for him, so would that change your theor- your feeling on what you were getting? I would want to know, if I put Miguel Sano on the trade block, Like he'd have to come back and you wouldn't be able to pull that trade right now because like teams need to see, is he alive? Can he hit a home run? Can he hit 200? He, like, he weighs 400 pounds. <laughs> I mean, like, has even seen him? Can he, can he hit a home run? Um Here's what's going to happen. He's going to come back, and either he's a disaster, and then you send him down or whatever. But if he plays well, you come to a fork in the road. You have to decide, is this the future? He's playing well, and and now this is going to be his path going forward as a guy who hits home runs and is part of your plan. Do you buy into that, or do you say, oh, he's playing well? Who wants him? Before he does something else to put himself on the shelf or gains weight or has to be moved to designated hitter, right? I'm not comfortable giving Miguel Sano a four- or five-year big-money contract extension. So if I've already made that decision in my mind, and he's got two and a half years of team control left, I would be looking to shop him for something that can help me win. See, I'm always, if you're in a win-now window, which the Twins now are in with the start to this season, I'm always of the belief that I'm not trading anybody who can help me now. And if Miguel Sano shows that he can help you now, then he stays on this team. If I'm trading anything to go and get a Madison Bumgarner or anybody else, it's probably going to be prospects. It's, it's kind of the same thing that we talk about with Kirk Cousins. When the window opens to win, whatever assets you have to help you win now, even if it means sacrificing down the road, you do it because those windows don't open very often. So I can't, if Miguel Sano comes up and he's raking, he's setting the world on fire. I can't trade him. That's a guy who can help me win baseball games now. I'm trying to get more people into the Twins uniform that can help me win now. I'm not trading off guys who can help me now for other guys that can help me now. I'm trade everything that I do. All my efforts at this point are to win this season and maybe I look ahead to 2020. And that's fair and and, and the question like asked in a vacuum if it's just this is the only lane that you're analyzing the question and would you trade Miguel Snow for Madison Bumgarner? I'm strongly considering it. If the question is, what would you trade for Madison Bumgarner? Miguel Sano isn't the only option on my menu. Like, I, the, I, I'm, 
I'm not trading Kirilov. Yep. I'm not trading Royce Lewis. Yep. I'm not trading Gratterall for a rent-a-pitcher of four months, yep. even if it is a contract extension. Um, but after that, like, would I trade Brent Rooker or Trevor Larnick for Madison Bumgarner? I'd rather not, but... Got to trade something for him. But I would... And you need him. There's, there's a lot of things you could trade for a, a four-month rental that has been largely banged up for the last this few years. This is no point, though, that, that you make is interesting because I want him to get hot and then trade him because I never trust him. You don't him. believe that it'll It last. will not keep up. No, he'll he'll step he'll step in a pothole or gain 50 pounds overnight or something. Now, if you were right and he just got hot and, okay, you've got you know an extended period of great play, then I'm with you. But I don't believe there's always something like there's always been something. Gentlemen, if you do get to the World Series and you do pull a trade for Madison Bumgarner, mm-hmm. he's pitched 36 World Series innings. Judd probably already knows the answer to this because he floated the, the question earlier. I got How many that. runs has he given up? How many runs has Madison Bumgarner given up in the World Series? 36 innings. Runs? Earned runs? Are we talking here? Total runs. I'm going to say four. Lower. What? I picked a ridiculous number because I figured the answer had no, to be ridiculous. Is, play the song. Two. Rami. Lower. One? Really? And on the hill for your twins tonight, left-hander Madison Bumgarner, 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 Bumgarner. By the this way, dude has pitched 36 World Series innings. He's given up one run. That's ridiculous. I think we call that shoving. <laughs> Is that what the kids call it? At this point, I just have to assume PEDs, right? (laughs) You've given up one run in 36 innings. You're you're putting something in your body. Uh, Drew tweeted, at Rami is tweeting, this is terrible. This is worse than I thought. They play on top of the world by Imagine Dragons after wins? Is that real? Is that true? It's, it's, It's a song that I just like... So. I, I'm walking out of the stadium. I don't ever remember. I like, like a victory is. song, though. I like a victory song. Well, yeah, because you've got a great stadium. one. Because the Cubs one is fantastic. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? That's That's good. so good. good. No I'm getting chills right now as you go. <laughs> Cubs go. <laughs> I like. I like. I think every team should have that, and I think it should be. It, it should be that old time. What song is that, that again? Play? By Imagine Dragons. Top of on top of the world. Can we play that? Are we allowed? I to don't play even that? know what song that is. I mean, we could play like a clip of it because yeah. we're referencing it. Right. We could play it on the radio, but the podcast would be. Gentlemen, someone finally took one for the team. What does it mean for the Minnesota Vikings? Mackie and Jeb with Rami.